trying to speak to us tonight. If we'll listen. Because we can go through our motions, our rituals, do everything that we do, and never tap into the Spirit of the Lord. We can go through the mechanics and leave out the Master. But the whole reason that we're here tonight is to draw closer to God. I want to move the Holy Ghost in my life. I don't want to leave and say that was good singing or that was good preaching. I want to leave and say, did you see what the Lord did in that service? Did you see the lives that were touched and changed by the power of the Holy Ghost? I'm thankful for all this. We, this is all in order. But without the Holy Ghost, it's hollow. It takes the Holy Ghost to get us where God wants us to be. And if you'll just open your hearts over the next few moments, I'm telling you, God is going to saturate this place with a glory and a presence like we haven't felt in a long time. But you've got to be willing to go where the Lord wants you to go. Amen? Amen. Worship your way back to your seats just for a few moments. Thank you for responding to the Holy Ghost. I'm going to turn your attention to the book of Romans chapter 16 I'm sorry chapter 6 verse number 13 Romans chapter 6 verse 13 Amen Bible says neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin Watch this. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Turning now to Galatians chapter 3. Verse number 3. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? I want to preach tonight on this thought, a never-ending struggle. A never-ending struggle. Let's lift our hands and ask the Holy Ghost right now to minister, Father, every heart. I just have to believe tonight, God, that you're reaching for everybody here. Lord, there's people here that desperately need a breakthrough, need a touch of the Holy Ghost. They're dry in their spirit. They're parched right now. And I'm believing that the Holy Ghost is poised and ready to minister and to move. I pray, God, that we would open our hearts to hear your word and receive it and respond to it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Clap your hands unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. A never-ending struggle. There is every single day. There is a struggle going on whether you want to acknowledge it or not. It is a struggle for control. 
Because in the Garden of Eden, we know that God created man and he created woman. Amen. In fact, if Adam and Eve made it to heaven, we'll be able to identify them because they're the only ones without belly buttons. Y'all gonna catch that tomorrow. But God was in control of that garden and he left dominion or control to Adam and Eve. They named the animals. They had dominion over everything that, that was there. And we don't know how long that they lived in, in what we would call paradise. The Bible doesn't particularly tell us how long uh, the, 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 the time was before the fall. But when man fell, not only was there a curse, but they lost the one thing that they had, and that was control. They lost that dominion. They lost that control. And ever since that moment in time, there has been a struggle for control because man is trying to regain what they lost. In fact, if you really examine our prayer life, our prayers are usually based upon what we cannot control. Because if we could control it, we wouldn't need to pray about it. And so our prayers take on a nature of basically us trying to regain control of a situation that is out of control. Whether it be a physical situation or a financial situation, our, 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 our prayers become, God help me get things back under control. And so we live our life trying to maintain control. And this is because that's what was lost in the Garden of Eden. But when a man makes a decision to come to God, that first step is having to acknowledge that I am in a situation spiritually that I cannot control. My sins are black. My past is tainted. My judgments have been subpar. And so the Bible says that he that cometh to God, in other words, that person that has to humble themselves and realize that there's no way I can fix my past. There's no way I can correct my mistakes. There's no way that I can wash away my sins. When you realize tonight that I need God more than I need anything and you make your way to an altar, the one thing that you're doing is you're saying, God, I surrender my control and I'm needing you to be in control of my life. I'm needing you to be in control of my future. Aren't you thankful there was a day when you made a decision to surrender your control and give everything you had unto the Lord. Oh, come on, clap your hands unto God right now. Clap your hands unto God. Hallelujah.
Likewise, the Bible says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that she may be exalted in due season, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Before you can bring your baggage, before you can bring your mess-ups and your failures and your problems, you first have to do the previous verse, which says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Surrender your pride. Surrender your control. When you do that, you come to God and God forgives you of your sins. God baptizes you in his blood, bathes you in his blood, fills you with his spirit, and then you you are a new creature, the Bible says, in Christ. Behold, all things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And one would think, and some may think, that when you live for God, that you're not going to struggle like the world struggles. But the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The difference is not what problems we will face because in this world, the Bible says you are full of trouble. But the difference between having problems in the world and having problems living for God is that we have a refuge we can run to. We have a name that the Bible says is a strong tower. And when the righteous run into it, they are safe. My friend, don't you eye the world and think that there's less problems. I'd rather have problems and have somebody to call on in the midst of my problems than not have a name to call on in the world. Hallelujah. But here we are when we come to God. You're making a decision to respond to God. And when you come and you get so full of that Holy Ghost fire and power that it doesn't matter if the preacher calls prayer meeting every night, you're showing up. It doesn't matter who's preaching, you're showing up. It doesn't matter if it's a work day, you're showing up because you're so full of power and passion and purpose. You're full of the Spirit. That's how you started. But then that struggle, there's a struggle that starts. When you're in the world, you don't have the struggle because you're children of darkness and you're walking after the flesh. And they that mind the things that are born of the flesh mind the things of the flesh, but they that are born of the Spirit mind the things of the Spirit. When you start trying to live when God is in control of your life, there's a struggle that starts. And that struggle is between the flesh and the Spirit. The Bible says, the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other. There's never gonna be a time when the spirit of God and the flesh are in harmony. No man can serve two masters. Bitter water and sweet water can't come out of the same fountain. And so either God's gonna be in control or your flesh is going to be in control. 
neither are going to share custody. And the Bible says that we ought not yield our members unto the flesh for unrighteousness, but yield yourselves unto God. Yield. What does that mean? That means surrender. That means give control. Let God be in control. Let God take over. You know what happened when you came to God? You surrendered that control and you got full of the Spirit of God. And the Bible says they that are led by the Spirit of God, they shall be called the sons of God. When you got the Holy Ghost, you didn't care who saw you talk in tongues. You didn't care who saw you cry. You didn't care who saw you jump up and down or run the aisles or worship God with everything that you had. You know why? Because you were being led by the Spirit of God. You let God be in control of your life. You came to church expecting something to happen. You came to church believing somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to run the aisles. Somebody's going to dance. Somebody's going to worship. And you said if it's going to happen, it might as well be me. Oh, you're going to make me work tonight. I, that's all right. I come to have a move of God. If I got to do it all by myself, you can watch me have a move of God. But I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of three songs and a sermon. If we're not here to have a move of the Holy Ghost, we need to go back to the house. seen all your clothes. I know what you wear to church. You ain't got to impress anybody. Friend, if you come to the house of God, you better come with a mind made up. I'm here to get in the spirit. I'm here to have a move of the Holy Ghost. I've been fighting hell all week. I didn't come to fight hell at church. I've come looking at people at night and I'm asking you when's the last time you got back in the spirit when's the last time you didn't care what anybody thought about you and you said God I need a breakthrough tonight I'm not going home the same way that I came hey hear me hell wants you to come to church and do nothing and there's a lot of people that please hell more than they please God when they come to church because they sit on a pew and do a Mount Rushmore imitation bunch of nothing and they just say well you know that's just not my personality hog wash don't blame your lack of obedience of the spirit on your personality. You've heard me say it before. We may not all do the same thing, but when the spirit starts moving, we can all do something. I'm not asking you to jump a certain height. I'm not saying you gotta run so many laps. I'm saying you gotta get in the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I've come to serve notice on hell that when we come to Wallace Ridge, it ain't a fashion show. It ain't a social club. It's not a con 
heart. But we're here to get in the flow of the spirit. We're here to get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Ha ha. Now you got to listen to me. I can come up here and I can say, I want you to run. And you'd run. I want you to get out and shout. You'd shout. I could have these musicians up here just hitting all the rights. Hey, I preach long enough, I know the candy stick phrases. I get you moving in a heartbeat. But you know what? That'd be like me handing Brother Dale Black $100 and say, I want you to go buy me a gift. Bring it to me. He would do it. But there's nothing behind it. It's obedience without love. And I get up here and I know what to say to get you rolling. And you roll out of obedience, not out of desire. You know what makes love love? When you do it because you want to do it, not because you're told to do it. How do you think it would make God feel if all you are was a robot or a puppet master? I was a puppet master. That doesn't touch God. But what moves the heart of God is when he starts moving on you and you do it out of desire. You say, I'm going to worship. I'm going to run. I'm going to dance. I'm going to give God a Korea. I'm going to give him everything I got. I Korea, Because I do it out of love. I do it out of love. question for you which direction is your worship going which way is your dancing going is your worshiping increase as you grow in the Lord or is it decreasing as you grow in the Lord here's what happens we start out in the spirit so full of passion, so full of fire, so full of worship. And then we start getting fleshly. Start looking around. Start worrying what people's thinking about us. Start trying to get a little more, more civilized and more Pentecostal and more professional. And we don't have no wildfire. We got little campfires that spark up here and there. And we got plenty of wet blankets to put them out. You look at the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt and God brought them through the Red Sea, which is a typology of baptism. And here they come dancing, worshiping, let out of Egypt, baptized, basically coming out in the spirit. And they were just to worship it and dance it and have the tamarines and, and they started in the spirit. But you keep reading it in just a few verses. Well, they start complaining because they don't like the season of life they're in. And what did they stop doing? They stopped praising. They stopped dancing. They stopped worshiping. Because we'll allow what we're going through to dictate what we give to God. We allow the season of life that we're in to dictate our response to the Lord. And so we'll start punishing God. 
by not giving him praise, not giving him glory, not dancing. And so they began to murmur against God because they didn't like what was, what was happening. They was in a struggle between the flesh and the spirit. They didn't like what they was having to live through. So Brother Jeremy, they said, I'm going to start punishing God and I'm not going to praise him like I once praised him. I'm not going to dance like I once danced. Hey, I'm talking to people that I know that you've been lost in the Holy Ghost before. I'm talking to people I know you've run the aisles before and you've worshipped before and somewhere along the way you've allowed what you've had to walk through to interfere with your response to the Spirit and God sent this pastor here tonight to tell you enough is enough. It's time for you to get back where you once were in your worship. It's time for you to get back in the Holy Ghost and in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Yeah, One thing that has earmarked the apostolic church is not our preaching or our power as much as it has been the presence of God and the liberty of the Spirit in our services. Now let me talk to some silver hair here tonight uh, that you can remember days gone by without the luxuries that we have here tonight. Uh, without the luxuries of, of air conditioning, padded pews, and, and all this wonderful music. And the preaching was, was not perhaps the best preaching that there ever was. But you can remember fondly when the Spirit of God would start moving and hitting certain people in the services. What it was like when they came out of that pew and they started dancing across the front. Something happened in the Holy Ghost where it changed the atmosphere. We need more people that'll be willing to step out and not worry what people think about them when the Spirit hits to start moving. So the children of Israel, their worship decreased. But here comes David. Realizing that the Ark of the Covenant had been at the house of Obed-Edom. And it wasn't where it was supposed to be. God was not where he was supposed to be in David's life. And the blessings of God had been fallen upon the house of Obed-Edom. And David realized we got to get God back where he's supposed to be in our life. See, some of you ain't missed the presence of God yet. You're still coasting. But you keep leaving. You keep living. And you realize I got to get God back where he's supposed to be in my life. And so here he comes. Bible says every six paces he would stop and he would worship. He would dance and he would leap. I don't know what it looked like, but I know what leaping is like. And at least it tells me that he was jumping up and down. He was celebrating. He was doing something that caused a commotion. Because when he got back to the city of David, his wife Bible says she despised him in her heart see we don't worry about what people we don't know think about us 
How many times have you said something idiotic or made a fool of yourself and, and out of town and you go, they don't know me, I'll never see them again. We don't care what people we don't know think about us. It was that person closest to him. We care about what people in here think about us. And she despised him in her heart. And she began to mock him. And David, this is what David said. David said, sweetie, if you don't like this, I got another level that I can take this praise. And I can get more vile than this. What David was saying is if you don't like this, I can step it up a notch because I got a level of praise that nobody else has seen before. I'm asking you tonight, is there a dimension that you haven't tapped into yet? Is there a dimension of your worship that yet God is waiting on you to Here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. I've seen this happen many, many times all across churches. We're willing to push to a certain point. We push hard enough to appease our conscience, but not to break through. We want to be able to leave and say, oh, I touched God. But we stop right where God's starting. This is what John said. John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And when he got in the spirit, he saw God in a way that he's never seen him before. Now you say, how do I get in the spirit? I'm going to tell you how. You start in the flesh. Now I have never, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. God can do anything. I have never seen the Holy Ghost grab somebody out of the pew and just transport them to an altar and make them start dancing. Never seen it happen. You know how you get in the Spirit? You start in the flesh. You say, well, I don't, I don't feel nothing. You don't do it for a feeling. You do it by faith. I says, I know when I start that something's going to happen to me. We're so feeling oriented that we have felt our way out of a move of God. Everything we do is out of desire. Not because I feel goosebumps. I feel like God's going to, if I start running, God's going to make me go and God's going to take over. No, you do it out of the desire of the heart. You know how many times I've stepped out and I didn't feel nothing? Every time. 
But I felt a prompting. I want to get out and worship. I want to get out and praise. I want to get. I want to run the aisles. I want, you, you start. You have a desire, and when you obey your desire. My heart is burdened tonight because I'm looking at a generation of young people that if we don't start getting in the spirit, they're not, not going to know what it's like to dance in the Holy Ghost. They're not going to know what it's like to be laid out in the spirit. They're not going to know what it's like to laugh in the Holy Ghost because parents are not modeling what it's like to obey the Holy Ghost. You got to hear my heart. I'm not coming uh, trying to beat you up. I'm coming out of love for you. Uh, the one thing I've noticed uh, is we aren't responding to the Spirit like we once did. Uh, we're not moving in the Holy Ghost like we once did. Uh, and friend, I'll take the Spirit uh, over anything. Uh, I'm here to wake you and stir you tonight. Uh, it's time you get in the Spirit. Uh, it's time you get in the Spirit. Uh, it's time you push uh, in the Spirit. Come on with no music. I want you to start clapping your hands right now. It's taken way too long for us to have a breakthrough. Something ought to have sparked in your heart that says, God, I want to get in the Holy Ghost. I don't care what anybody's thinking. I don't care what anybody's saying. I just believe tonight we can have a move of God without music. We can have a move of God without somebody trying to encourage us because we got hungry people that say, I want more of you, God. God. 